one of the biggest ways that self-doubt holds us back is this constant almost invitation that we aren't ready. We're constantly invited to believe we're not ready. And I wanted to talk about this today, talk about the real reason why you're waiting to feel ready. And please do listen to the end because I have some big news. Uh, well, I think it's big news. You might be like, Sass, that's not that big. But in my world, it's pretty big. So stay tuned for that. Hey, guys and gals and non-binary pals. This is Courage and Spice, the podcast for humans with self-doubt. Hosted by me, Sass Petherick. I'm a coach and supervisor, and I'm a little bit obsessed with how we heal the root causes of our self-doubt. On the podcast, you can expect interviews with delightful humans and evidence-based resources and original coaching tools. So if self-doubt is holding you back, then Courage and Space was made especially for you with so much love. I'm so glad you're here. So this idea of believing that we're not ready, I have seen this really thousands of times over the years with clients I've been lucky enough to work with. And it always presents slightly differently, right, depending on your particular specific personal contexts. But some examples of this are waiting to feel ready to show your writing to an editor or perhaps seek out an agent, waiting to feel ready to share your beautiful craft right? as a maker, your knitting, your pottery, your painting, waiting to ask out for a coffee, the person that you've got your eye on. Oh, this one breaks my heart, waiting until your parents have died so you can come out or claim some aspect of your true identity, waiting until the kids are older to pursue your dreams, waiting until your coaching offering is tweaked and just a little bit more perfect before you invite people to come and work with you, waiting, waiting, waiting. We're waiting for permission, for the right time, for all the conditions to line up, for a bloody sign from the universe. I think there are fewer things more heartbreaking than all of that potential that is just waiting. As I was preparing for this episode and writing myself some notes to, to kind of address, I kept thinking about my mum, Sheila, she was waiting for so many things. She wanted to move nearer the sea. She wanted to travel. She was waiting to feel more ready about the way she wanted to take her work. Mum was a psychiatric nurse and she specialized in postpartum depression. And she was plagued with self-doubt. And she died suddenly at 53. And she had so much of her song left to sing if I can put it that way. And the thing was that she actually didn't need to wait. She was brilliant. She was so well respected um, by her colleagues. She was sought out to lecture at the hospital nursing school to lecture on uh, postnatal depression. And, you know, it, according to her, she was never ready. She always had something else to learn or some way to prepare, but it was never the right time. And I only found out about all of this because at her tangi, her funeral, it was standing room only and it ended up being kind of days of sort of open mic night because so many people wanted to share with us how 
much she meant to them, how she had changed their family, how beloved and respected she was by her colleagues. And at the actual funeral, she was honoured with a karakia, which is a prayer from the Maori mental health team. Um, her meditation group sung a Guru Gita. It, it was incredibly moving and so sad that she didn't see what everyone else saw. And I can't even imagine who mum could have become um, if she had had a longer life, if she had maybe not waited. And I think because of this, I have just so much tenderness towards those of us who are waiting too. And often like mum, it might be that you never quite believed that your dreams can be real. Not many of us grew up where we had really healthy role models who showed us that dreaming and doing and falling and failing and the courage and resilience to sort of feel all of it is totally normal and natural and that's how things happen. And often because these dreams and goals feel so important to us, we kind of don't know if we can live with the disappointment of the reality maybe not matching up to expectations. And then you just throw in some risks about what if we're judged or criticized. And so we just keep telling ourselves that we'll wait. And as soon as we feel ready, it'll be happening. But what I found over the years is that we're not really waiting to feel ready. I think partly because, you know, if you think about what does that even mean? How will you know that you're ready? Most of us have sort of moments of that where we think, yeah, I can do this. And we, we sort of maybe even take some first steps. We create plans. I mean, who doesn't love a bloody color-coded plan? It's so satisfying. And we think through all the things that we'll need to do. And maybe we take some steps. And it's often then that our self-doubt will come along and point out all the ways it could go wrong all the ways that it's much safer to hold ourselves back. And so we wait. We go back to waiting. So I don't think that we're waiting to feel ready. I think we're waiting to feel safe. And this is the deeply annoying paradox of self-doubt. You can't wait long enough for your self-doubt to quieten down. You can't wait long enough for your self-doubt to feel ready. You can't wait long enough for your self-doubt to feel safe, because that's not where safety comes from. Right? Safety comes from trusting ourselves to be with whatever happens. And we learn to trust ourselves to be with whatever happens by taking courageous action, by being in relationship with the thing that we want, with the thing that we're, we're bringing to life. And courage is inconsistent too, right? We're going to feel different levels of courage on any given day. So like one of the things we do in self-belief school is we make courage-based plans. And this means that you can stay in relationship with the thing you're creating by taking the smallest, most doable next step based on how much courage you're feeling. So it keeps you in motion. It keeps you kind of tapping into that momentum, you keep going and you adjust as you learn new information and you start to realize that, oh, I was I never needed to wait to feel ready. I just needed to grab hold of my courage. Whatever morsel of that I have is enough. But the thing is that courage always feels like us. Like this is how I describe courage. We only need it when we kind of don't know what will happen. It doesn't often feel comfortable. 
And I wanted to share this because I think so many of us have this belief that as soon as I feel ready, then the magic will happen. And what I would offer is that we feel ready after we've taken action. That's when the magic happens, right? And I want to share that I'm I'm right in the middle of this at the moment, and this relates to my big news. So a year ago, I opened Self Belief School, and I had no idea what would happen. I'd created the program, and I knew it was kind of ready to be experienced, but I never felt particularly ready to share that. I, I honestly could tinker around the edges for years. That's so much safer to me. But I also know that my goal is for my work to be generously helpful right that's a real value for me and if I'm not doing that then some part of me starts to wither and die it feels deeply unsatisfactory and life starts to feel a bit stale so I I kind of walked my talk I made a courage-based plan to share and invite people and I kept showing up to sort of advocate on behalf of this program and since then 50 souls have been through self-belief school and they're still there (laughs) and the feedback has been so generous and thoughtful and often quite surprising and it's helped me to figure out what the program wants to become because this is the thing when we're in relationship with our work with what we want after a while when it's in the world it it sort of no longer belongs to us so self-belief school this program has been shaped and molded by these courageous students And so as a result of that, we're making some big changes to the program. Hello, this is Mary. The paradigm of self-belief school has enabled me to see more clearly who I fundamentally am and to make choices that align with this understanding. The biggest change of all has been my relationship with myself. For decades, I have searched for the key to unlock my self-defeating behaviors, always believing that if I could find that right tool, the magical motivating mojo, I could be a good person, meaning I would be able to do all the things I thought I needed to do to be accepted and worthy. Self-Belief School has turned all of that on its head by asking me questions like, what if there was nothing to protect because I already loved and cherished my messy and perfect self? And what if all these patterns of self-protection were not actually me, but we're effectively preventing me from knowing and falling deeply in love with who I am. I am now experiencing all those things I thought I lacked, courage, stick-to-itiveness, self-compassion, the ability to set and maintain boundaries, and more. Thank you, SAS, the coaches, and all of Self-Belief School who have challenged me and cheered me on as this life-changing year has unfolded. I am forever grateful. So the big news is that Self-Belief School is now available to enroll anytime. So whenever you're ready, right, or whenever you have enough courage, it's a pay once, stay for as long as the work is helpful to you kind of deal, right? And in the past, it was kind of only available to enroll a couple of times a year. But what I found is that there are folks who've been coming to our self-belief school coaching sessions for a whole year. Others who pop in from time to time, some who come came regularly at the start and then they kind of get to a place where they're like, oh, I'm finding my groove. And then 
sometimes months later, six or 10 or even a year, six or 10 months or even a year later, something happens and they've come back to a, a particular coaching call to get some support and share. And for me, there is just this endless invitation, right? I'm right here and I trust you to know when coaching will help, when this program will help. I trust you. And so, yeah, you can enroll anytime and you're free to start anywhere in the program. So if you like to go on a sort of set path, hey to all the Virgos out there, then each module is designed as a building block for the next one. So you can start at module one, understanding self-doubt and just work your way through. And equally, you may prefer to dive into a topic that feels super relevant to you and your life right now. So if you have a goal that you can't seem to get started on, then you can start with courage-based goals. And if you need to need some help to make a big decision right now, then growing self-trust is the one for you. And if you're just kind of not sure where you need to start, or you just need some perspective on something that feels maybe a bit vague, then you come along to a live coaching call and you get support there. Because we have three of those coaching sessions each month. So the program is now reflecting the way we do this work. You have the freedom to explore and learn in whatever way suits you and at your own pace. There's no rush. There's no right way to do this work. You can't get behind. There's no competition. Everyone's just on their own path. And the tools and concepts are designed to be kind of gentle and doable. And we just come back to them again and again. So I share all of this because, A, I want you to know this big change. But also, a year ago, when I was first sharing self-belief school, I was pretty sold that the best way to offer this work was to offer loads of support, make it a year-long program, and make the program step-by-step, because that's what all the research points to about the best ways for adults to learn, and the research is a great source of information, but when it kind of bumps up against lived experience, I'm going to take that feedback any day of the week. And so by asking for feedback about the program, I've learned so much and now the program is evolving into something even better. And I've grown so much over the last year in being in relationship with this, with this thing that I wanted to bring to life. Some of it has felt really uncomfortable, quite crunchy. I've never really felt ready, but I've tried to be courageous and to make good choices. And this means I've, I've learned a ton about how important feedback is and how to really listen and respond to these beloved clients, how to hold boundaries, how to make decisions based on sometimes conflicting information, how to communicate changes, how to speak to myself with real respect and encouragement and compassion, and how to model this. And as a result, I think I've never felt more committed to this work to the sense of mission, to help you be braver, to help you make sense of your self-doubt, however it holds you back, to untangle from all of the ways it protects you so you can go on and become unstoppable. And I think what I'm really trying to share here is that there is a real tragedy in waiting because if you wait, 
to feel ready, if you never quite start, then you miss out on the opportunity to grow. You never really get there. You never get to be in relationship with the thing you want, with your work, your healing, your creativity, even your identity. When we're waiting, we're not doing the thing. We're just sort of hoping that at some point we'll magically feel differently. And really all of these things are just opportunities for you to be in relationship with yourself, whatever you're waiting for. It's an opportunity to witness yourself grow and change and become more you. And that's certainly what I've discovered over the last year. So what I also wanted to let you know that if you've been thinking about self-belief school and you want to get a feel for how we roll so that when you do feel like, yeah, this is the time, then you know what you're getting into. (laughs) I'm offering a free workshop on Wednesday, October the 4th. It's called Why Am I So Mean to Me? How to Speak to Yourself with Kindness. And this is especially helpful, I hope, if your internal dialogue tends to be a bit judgy or bullying, or even a bit cruel. I want you to know, like this voice isn't telling you the truth. It is the voice of the most fearful or hurt part of you. And when it's shouting at you, it's in charge. And so we'll talk about where this voice comes from, what to do when you hear it, and how to begin to speak to yourself with real compassion and respect and encouragement. If you've come along to any of my workshops before, you'll know that these are really packed with helpful resources. We do some coaching. The idea is that you get a feel for how I how I sort of show up, and then you can take away the useful free info. And if you want to go even deeper, then you know the opportunity to sign up to Self-Belief School is always there. So you'll get a full recording to use as you wish. And and if you want to come and play with us in Self-Belief School, then there is now an endless invitation for you. So all of the details for signing up to the workshop, Why Am I So Mean to Me?, how to speak to yourself with kindness is in the show notes and I can't wait to see you there.